0: Welcome to the Supplement Engineer Podcast. My name is Robert Chinesky. Joining me today, co-founder, chief product officer for Jocko Fuel, Mr. Brian Littlefield. Brian, how are you?
1: I'm great, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. How did, uh, we all come from such disparate backgrounds into the supplement industry. So I'm always curious, first time I have a guest on the show. Um, what is your background? How did you come to get involved with Dietary Supplements in the beginning and then start Origin and then progress to uh, Jocko Fuel?
1: Yeah, I can run you through a quick version of the history. Sometimes it, it's it's a kind of a crazy story. So sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a long time. Um, so kind of to summarize it, I grew up in an athletic family. And uh, I was um, the last in my family to be born. So I was the baby and uh, to five half-brothers and two half-sisters. So um, yeah, and I was by far the youngest. I was definitely an afterthought, a mistake. Uh, as my, as my brothers like to joke around and um, I'm the only one between my parents and I didn't get my brothers, uh, let's say that my brothers, three brothers on my mother's side, um, I didn't get their uh, like quote unquote genetics. So I always, you know, even as a kid, I was like a fat kid, like I was a little bit overweight, even though I was active, I played you know, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, everything um, still continued to be um, overweight. You know chubby and so continuing that trend I stopped playing ball sports in high school and really got into like cars and girls and became <laughs> even more overweight obviously that physical activity was out of my life at that point yeah. then I went off to college and like really blew up so I was like I'm five ten uh, I was like two hundred and sixty five pounds of like no um um, like no muscle. Like it was just fat. I was obese, you know, pre-hypertensive at, in my early twenties, you know, just like very unhealthy at the time. Yeah. And I grew up in like a somewhat healthy family. Like we didn't come from money, so we didn't eat the best, but we always prioritized like sports. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of knew what was right and wrong. Um, my father was somewhat holistic and my mother was a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um and I had a bunch of people in my family that were like in the related medical field, like, you know, close family. And so I always took interest to, um, you know, all of my, you know, AP classes and everything. And I did really good in science. Like, in you know, all. I scored like top of my class. But like when I graduated, I wanted to go into school for, eventually I wanted to go to school for business. But, you know, I I excelled in the sciences which was which was kind of funny so i go off um story oh, am so short i blow up i'm overweight i am in college and mm-hmm. i'm bored with like the classic elective so i like go to my um you know i go to the school and i'm like hey i want to take like 400 level bio as an elective and they're like nobody does that like what do you what do you mean like and i'm like yeah like it's i gotta take something you know i gotta fill these these slots so let me just take these courses and they're like okay so i did that um did really well you know uh, crushed it and you know cuz it's you know things that you also like that you have interest in you do well at yep. it's natural cool. <laughs> um so i always like understood the science really well mm-hmm. and at that time i was like i had come to a realization i hit that epiphany that kind of crossroads where i was like okay i need to find a healthier path and so I have this you know obsessive compulsive need when I lock in on something, I'm going to go do it in a crazy way. So I quickly <laughs> found myself like I had met a guy, came a gym partner, i remember he gave me a book early on, an old, old school book. I still have it, and I just like dove into the literature and was like, okay, I need to learn about all of these nutraceuticals and compounds. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, I quickly got home from school, found myself being up all night reading, you know, clinical studies and, and whatnot, just like deep diving and putting in hundreds and then thousands of hours. Fast forward, I had then started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I was, you know, a couple of years had gone by. I was teaching. I was running an academy for an instructor. Um, who later became a business partner. I had gone from 265 pounds through this healthy living and and applying these nutraceuticals to my benefit um, from 265 pounds all the way down to like I was competing in MMA and jujitsu mm-hmm. and you know I was as light as 155 pounds at one point, wow. but my um, my kind of like sweet spot was like between 170 and 185 is where mm-hmm. I felt. It. I felt good. I looked good, and I was very happy there, and had kind of just became this sponge of all this information. Well, I quickly became through training partners and traveling and 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 doing people's fight camps and things like that. I quickly became the person that everybody came to for nutritional and nutraceutical advice. So I'm like curating these programs for for jujitsu competitors and fighters and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I went to my um jujitsu instructor who owned the academy and I was like, hey dude, like we have this spot in this plaza. Like we have a ton of traffic. Let's open up a small brick and mortar and see if we can we know we can at least sell to the you know, you know students. Like yeah. let's put it up to the public and see what we can mm-hmm. do. We did that and and you know what like we made money. We didn't we certainly didn't get rich. Um, we made money. But what was good for me that I didn't realize how valued valuable it would be in the time. Down the road mm-hmm. is I was able to when you own an independent supplement store, you have every single brand that you can imagine reaching out, trying to send you um, information, samples, they're sending out sales reps. they're they're doing everything, and you're just it was like a crash course in the industry, and I was learning about products and ingredients that I had never even heard of before. And so now I'm taking all these. I'm curating these programs. I'm getting to see what did work and didn't work for these for these athletes competing mm-hmm. at a very high level. Uh, some at the highest level. And I was just like, okay, cool. And I'm just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. Well, eventually, through jujitsu, I get introduced to Pete Roberts, who's the actual founder of Origin, the parent company that um before the company severed, and, and I can touch on that. Um, but the parent company of Origin Labs, which later became Jocko Fuel, that was founded by Pete Roberts in 2011 I met him in like 2013 or early 14 when I was traveling back to Maine where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And we just started, I went there to train jujitsu and then Mm -hmm. fell in love with the made in America clothing side of things, which um, has evolved from jujitsu geese, which is the only thing that was made at the time Mm -hmm. to boots and jeans and now hunting gear. It's all made in America. 100%. Um, from scratch. So I fell in love with that. Um, and was like, Hey, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm not really going anywhere with my business here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. My business partner just a few months prior had decided he was going to leave Ohio and move to Florida. So we were like having a hard time figuring out how we were going to really, you know, move forward with the business, the Academy. And so we just decided to dissolve everything and go separate mm-hmm. ways, it's like out of like destiny. I guess I get a call literally after me and my partner had had that conversation. Like 15 minutes later, I get a call from Pete. And he's like, "Hey, would you want to move back to Maine and do something? I know you want to do something on the supplement side of things because um, I had pitched yeah. him on that like early on. I'm like, "Hey, we should like if we build this relationship and I can help Origin and come on board, mm-hmm. it'd be perfect for Origin to do it." Supplement line, right? And I was like, and I can help facilitate that. And um, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll we'll talk about that. But I need help with this thing. And you know, so I was like, okay, cool. So I, you know, I went to my wife and I was like, hey, let's move back to Maine. And I'm going to partner with uh, this guy Pete, and we're going to do this thing. And mm-hmm. um, and that's what we did. So I helped grow Origin for a few years, uh, but only a few months after. I had moved back to Maine, uh, another niche brand in the jujitsu community uh, mm-hmm. was they wanted to sell their business and Pete actually happened to know the business owner and it was called Q5 Sports Nutrition and it was like this little micro brand, uh, I mean real micro brand in uh, in that jujitsu community, but it had a built-in customer base and there was a lot mm-hmm. of customer overlap between that and Origin. So it made sense to just absorb it, move in, and then we could rebrand the line So that's what we did. We brought it in. We rebranded it. We ran that for a year. And that's Mm -hmm. when we got introduced to Jocko. And Jocko didn't even know we were doing supplements. He didn't know any, like, we were doing nutrition at all. He wanted to get involved with Origin. And quickly as he came in, he was able to see, like, hey, look at all the stuff these guys are doing. I think it's all great quality stuff. I wonder what I can do. Basically, he became the megaphone at, at the end of the day. So... Um, we had a conversation and he's like, Hey, you know, I was kind of, he was kind of tarnished by the industry back in the old, um, muscle milk days when they had the, the heavy metal thing. Yeah. And, you know, he was feeding it to. I mean, he was eating it. His kids were all athletes. They were all like consuming it, you know, cause yeah. he believed in that stuff and that came out and it was, um, you know, depending on how where you sit on on that side of the data, regardless, like, for people that don't understand the science and don't understand, like, the actual, you know, parts per million and billion, et cetera, like, sure. yeah. it's scary. And so yeah. he, he was tarnished by that, rightfully so. So when we talked, he's like, hey, can we do this? We'll do it with my name. But man, we got to make sure that this stays clean. We got to make sure that it's tested. We got to make sure that we're using stuff that actually works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a conversation and we were just like, hey, we'll, we'll sacrifice some profits to put people first so that they can, because they trust the man, they'll trust the brand and right. we just match that, um, that kind of personality through the brand and as, as it is for the person. And, uh, it was very organic. And so we mm-hmm. came out of the gate and we literally launched one product and it was really successful. And it's just been a. Sprint ever since.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations on the success of the brand and the, the evolution of things to thus far, and it's it's only going to get bigger as you, as you can probably see from the back end from the analytics and the sales reports that you guys are having.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been really good, and you know I try to um, it's a short rant, but I try to summarize it as much as I can, you know, because there's a lot of stuff compacted into that that, that, that relatively short period of time, but. Um, that's how it it became uh, alive. That's how it became a thing.
0: Fascinating. There's a couple of jumping off points I want to go to. First, like, so uh, growing up, I was a uh, Taekwondo student. So I did that from the time I was nine until the school closed right when I graduated college. Um, supplements were not real big at that time. Like, we drink Gatorade, or I mean, I didn't even know what the hell protein powder was at the time. Yeah. And granted, it, the flavor technologies were not what they were today. What, uh, tip and plus, there was that connotation of supplements are pretty much for just gym rats, bodybuilders or that. What is it in the current state for MMA athletes, you know, just the average people in there, not the ones that are competing on UFC and Bellator and all that stuff on TV, but the people in the, you know, the the average shows that are just training their asses off. Are they using supplements as regularly as people in the gym nowadays?
1: I think it's pretty close. Yeah. I, I really do. I think it's, it's um, over the last, I would say 10 to 15 years, it has increased significantly. Yeah. Um, you know, people, as you know, like MMA training, wrestling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu; those combat sports are extremely physically intense and people, yeah. you know, for one reason or another, whether it's, They want to fuel their hydration or they want to fuel their recovery or they're a competitor and they want that little extra edge like it's the understanding of and i also give it up to the media like certain people Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me um the 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 joe rogan's the jockos the andrew huberman's like these people have really shed light on the idea that you can use like even break it down to a single ingredient like hey you have an application in your life that you can um, use this uh, ingredient or a compound to benefit mm-hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. When, when you're talking about a physical activity, you know, I, I think it's, um, it's no different than what I've seen in the business world where people, you know, high level entrepreneurs and executives are seeking these nootropic compounds and, you know, and, 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 and to really trying to find that cognitive edge, like that's, that didn't, in in my opinion, granted, I wasn't in that circle that much, but 10 or 20 years ago, I don't think it was nearly as popular as it is now. So I think it's, it's, you know, kind of the same thing. It's just becoming a household thing. Whereas, you know, a couple of decades ago, creatine, protein, pre-workout, that was for the people
0: that were going to the gym. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned nootropics, and I know that is one of the things that you are particularly interested in. As am I. Um, do you want to? I'd like to get your um, thinking process, your formulation philosophy behind Jocko discipline. But before we get into that, um, what are just some individual nootropics that you are particularly intrigued by, or ones you use on a daily basis? Oh man. Um, so I am. A guinea pig
1: to myself mm. like, again i always have been and that's been my benefit you know i i literally was in my um college apartment i didn't live on the dorms but I, I was in my college apartment like literally blending in a pyrex bowl by hand at first um and then i actually bought like a mini v blender and mm. an encapsulator so i've been my own guinea pig i've tried a lot of stuff over the years of course when you're younger you're willing to experiment with a little bit more hardcore stuff at least i was Um, you know, some of those more hardcore stimulants, Mm -hmm. it's hard to compete with that stuff, the hardcore stimulants, the, what would be considered now banned or gray area ingredients.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, when it comes to things I'm using now, a lot of it is, is, is what's in, in the, our energy drink, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Alpha GPC. Um, I'm a huge fan of carnitine. I think it has a lot of not just cognitive, but, but ergogenic, um, you know, properties, I think it's just a it's something that much like, you know, creatine is now being accepted as uh, as a nootropic ingredient, a cognitive enhancing ingredient. I think, you know, carnitine and some of these other things. I'm a fan of theobromine. I know there's not mm-hmm. a I know there's not nearly as much research in it as there is in other things, but mm-hmm. I'm a believer in it. It's one of those things where sometimes. um. When I have some clinical literature to stand behind, mm-hmm. but I but I have a lot of anecdotal experience, and I can bring it to a lot of people in my network, and I can say, "Hey, can you try this?" or "or Let's let's experiment with this." Mm-hmm. And I get that feedback, I'll lean into it. And I, I'm a big believer in the theobromine. I believe in its vasodilation capabilities when when paired with caffeine, which can be somewhat constrictive depending on the the dose. Um, so I think they pair really well together same thing with theanine Um, theanine is great if you're looking for balance if you're looking for just a straight kick in the ass like I actually when it comes to a a cognitive enhancing product where you want focus but you also want attention like you want energy but you also want attention I think theanine is great for that if you're looking for like a hardcore pre-workout it's going to like just absolutely kick you in the ass. Yeah. I
0: actually don't think it's the best application in my opinion. I, I Thank think you. <laughs> I agree with that a hundred percent. I yeah. cannot stand the anina pre-workouts. But yeah.
1: I, I just think it's I think it's um I think it's a little bit short-sighted. In our current pre-workout powder that was formulated for endurance and combat sports and things like that, where you have a significant not that you don't need, I don't want to take anything away from like your classic lifting gym goer but right. you don't need the cognitive focus in that like you do you know trying to defend someone trying to choke you or sweet you know or, or doing striking like muay thai or boxing it's just a different world mm-hmm. um so different different applications i'm working on a new pre-workout right now that is because of the high demand for it that is um definitely more gym focused it's mm-hmm. definitely your classic gym focus like way more citrulline um, more caffeine, dynamine, those types of things where it is for the gym goer that's looking for a kick in the ass. There is no theanion in there. So, so that that's just my example of that. But, um, I'm a believer in a few compounds, obviously the ones in our drink, I can stand behind. It's not just, um, another reason is, and I can't speak about it too much because we're just, we're, we're trying to figure out whether we're going to publish it or not, but we just Mm -hmm. got clinical results back where we ran a trial, uh, with, um, with our energy drink of mm-hmm. it versus placebo and it versus caffeine alone. And mm-hmm. we're very, very, very happy with the, with the outcome
0: of, this awesome. performance. So we're, it was we're a caffeine match, uh, things, so but the same amount of caffeine, that's the same amount of caffeine. So, um, obviously
1: you'd say, well, there's clinical literature to support the cognitive benefit of those other compounds but sometimes that doesn't play out in real life you know uh results like it just Correct. the results actually don't show up you know a lot of um more than 50 percent of trials that that are that are conducted by uh people in this industry don't turn out favorable and so they never get published or brought to the the attention of the public so Correct. we're very excited about this one again i can't talk about the exact results but they will be public soon, which is great. Awesome. I'm
0: sure Good. I'm glad you did an actual com- comparison versus caffeine and placebo, because a lot of times with these especially comprehensive multi-ingredient pre-workout supplements, they will run those in a trial, but it'll be against placebo. And I thought, okay, we still don't know if it's any better than caffeine. Like, theoretically, it should be, but I, let, let's just compare apples to apples a little bit closer than, you know, water. And then three hundred milligrams of caffeine with citrulline and everything else. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, if when someone's trying to um, just create, like, you see a lot of stuff, a lot of claims that are like, "versus placebo, versus placebo, of course, versus placebo." Like, I mean, come on. So, but we wanted to prove, like, was it better than caffeine alone? Like, was it better than you know just getting you know and not to say there's not other stuff in coffee, but, you know, we have 95 milligrams of caffeine in our energy drink, which is pretty low. So we were like, Hey, how does this compare to 95 milligrams of, of actual just caffeine alone? Mm-hmm. And, um, they were all blind. They all tasted identical. And, uh, we're again, I'm, I'm super excited to publish the, uh, the results. So
0: Do y'all ever get requests for a higher caffeinated energy drink? Because some of the products on the market are 200, 300 milligrams, 350. Um, What is, and uh, is this rooted in uh, you and your business partners' caffeine preferences? Is that, you know, how did you come up with that amount of caffeine? And then do you ever get uh, requests for a higher caffeinated energy drink?
1: So uh, it was heavily driven by uh, Jocko's desire to keep it around a cup of coffee's worth of energy and, you know, his, his mentality, which makes sense. And we've always stood behind it. Um, is well, if somebody really wants, you know, 200 milligrams, they can consume two, technically. Right. I mean, you, you, you can. And trying to gauge, there are certainly people out there that are like, they want three or 400 milligrams in a, in a single sitting. But when we tried to go out and get some consumer feedback, a lot of people, they don't really want three or 400 milligrams of caffeine in a single setting. They're not finishing their 16 ounce can of, you know, X brand or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's why we made it a 12 ounce sleek. That's why we made it like a little bit more compact, you know, not your classic 16 ounce. Mm-hmm. Obviously Celsius has made, made a lot of headway with the 12 ounce, which is great. And actually has, you know, it's doing good things for us, of course, too, because it's kind of after Red Bull, came in and and really you know created the market and then monster followed with the 16 ounce and then bang obviously you know came and and disrupted things it really made it seem like well the future is 16 ounces and that's kind of gone away now you know over the last couple of years which is great um having said that you know i told jocko i'm like hey cool like if we're gonna stick to 95 milligrams of caffeine we're gonna use some other compounds uh, to, to be able to enhance that cognitive benefit. And the one thing that we get, like when we get people that are like, oh, you know what? I need 200 milligrams. I'm like, consume it and tell me what you think. Yeah. And I always get this, almost always get this response of like, it really made me feel different in a good way. They're like, it not like I drank 200 milligrams of caffeine, but it actually made me feel different in a good way, different focus, mm-hmm. a different level of feeling, um mood and things like that so um you know we just kind of have stuck with like if you really want it consume two you know like technically you can still consume four in a day and be under your fda guidelines if you
0: all of (laughs) us yeah Yeah. or if you wanted to really push i mean like if you for the the real ingredient nerds out there you can go find that the the ultimate like the lethal dose of caffeine is like a couple or, like two I think two orders of magnitude higher than that. you can consume upwards of like twenty grams of the stuff is the lethal dose that they've found in yeah. some of the old uh, NCBI data. Or I you co- go back through
1: some of that. I just did a video recently where I do these little short ingredient information videos mm-hmm. on the Instagram, and I did one recently, and I think it was I think I said uh, or it was like fifty cups of coffee in a single setting. Yeah. 50, it's absurd. It's like, yeah, it's somewhere between 20 and 50 grams is the estimated lethal dose. The same amount of people that die annually from caffeine overdose,
0: I think die from water overdose. So <laughs> it's, it's got a remarkably high safety profile. Now, this doesn't mean to say that there's not individual differences that some people will get super jittery and, you know, heart palpitations, cardiac conditions and all that. But just like on a general term basis, broad basis, caffeine is remarkably safe and well tolerated very yeah for a and, pretty big margin
1: and there's a big difference between you know like hey i had an adverse event and a serious adverse event there's mm-hmm. really big differences there right yeah. i mean like having some anxiety or feeling jittery or even some palpitations like most of the time that's not serious so um people just need to adjust their intake or you know whatever um maybe get more hydration or whatever but it's very 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 safe very safe
0: yeah um you mentioned dynamine that you're looking at for the the more gym oriented pre workout mm-hmm. down the line so that's one of the chemical cousins of caffeine you mentioned theobromine have you messed around with teacreine or uh you know zynamite, parazanthine, infinity any of those other uh caffeine the- enhancer's friends yeah. relatives absolutely yeah absolutely
1: um I actually really like teacreine um I, I think it feels great. The problem with tea cream is it tastes like absolute shit. Like it's really bad, and it's even harder than dynamine to mask. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously, magnitudes higher than caffeine to mask the flavor. So, um, I have not been able to work it into a flavored product yet. Um, I have. Uh, Interestingly enough, a little bit changing gears, but in relation to tea, tea cream, mm-hmm. are you familiar with the ingredient um, NAD3? Yeah. Okay. So NAD3, uh, for a lot of people, because a lot of people are not familiar with it yet because it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. It's a trademark ingredient. Um, it's a certain form of copper. It's three. It's actually three ingredients. It's a f- certain form of copper, certain form of wasabi extract and tea cream. And what it found was... In that ratio, in that dose, a minimum of 312 milligrams, it was able to increase, it was able to, number one, affect basically all measurable, current current measurable hallmarks of aging Mm -hmm. and um, increase uh, blood levels of the metabolites of NAD, right? So it was like, okay, looks like it's able to increase NAD. It's affecting the measurable levels of aging. Um, it fit perfect into our new product, which is releasing um, on March 1st, which is, in, in my opinion, it's kind of like the uh, the pinnacle of my work so far, <laughs> which is like, I, as a brand in in the health and wellness and sports nutrition, because we're a bit of a blend in that world, much like creatine, We were asked and have been asked since day one for for a quote-unquote multivitamin, right? And we just didn't do it because we've never been a me-too brand. We've never launched products. All of our products are very, in a way, unique. You know, we we didn't come out of the gate with a line. We didn't come out Mm -hmm. of the gate and say like, hey, like the fat burners are hot. We're going to do fat burners or test boosters are hot. We're going to do test boosters. Like we just didn't come out and say... Like, hey, we're going to go capture a portion of this large market. Like, that's just not who we are. So working with Jocko, I was like, hey, like, how do we create something that will fill the need for people when it comes to their, quote unquote, multivitamin needs, but also be more cutting edge and also be appealing and and actually get us excited? Mm -hmm. So that's what we did, and we created a product that I think is going to be um, pretty disruptive to the industry. I think nobody's really created a product like this before. And it fits and serves a lot of needs all in one daily packet. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's one of those things where it's also because it pairs really well into the daily, let's just say like daily wellness, yeah. which like your overall daily wellness, healthy aging, let's say. The trouble with that category as a formulator is how do I make a product that people want to take, not that they feel like they have to take. So when the ingredient was brought to me of NAD3, Mm -hmm. it was perfect. Dr. Dr. Hector Lopez. um, Are you familiar with, with Dr. Lopez?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've known him for. I, we knew each other for several years. He was on the podcast last year, and when uh, he passed away, uh, back in November, that that was, yeah. It was rough. Yeah, rough. It, was, it was very rough. Him, him and I
1: got introduced a couple of years ago, and we uh, had you know built a relationship over the years, like chatting about you know formulas and and everything else. He introduced mm-hmm. us to our research center that did the research on the go, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was very, very unfortunate. I'm, I'm also very proud to use one of his ingredients in in this new product.
0: When you just said NAD3, I thought there was a thing about that. I, I, I know this ingredient. And when you were running through it, I just put and pulled it up. And it, it's one of the last emails I have from him with some of the data for the podcast. It's got, the I'm sure you've got all this data already on it, but it says, Hey, here's the the clinical trial on this ingredient, this ingredient, this ingredient, and oh, yeah. just, it's massive, but at the very top of the email, it says confidential, do not circulate without <laughs> express permission from Dr. Lopez.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. are they
0: is, is that going to? Cause I just had NutriShore, uh, Brandon Soika, the owner of NutriShore. Is that is NAD3 being released under them, or is that a different? Story?
1: Uh, I believe it's being licensed under a few distributors. Okay, um, I know Compound Solutions is one of them. Okay, and um, you know, it's Being one of Hector's ingredients and something that he he had you know worked on uh, diligently, he was very excited about it. And when we were chatting and bringing this product to life, um, I loved his idea that because I was expressing to him like, how do I create a product that people want to take? Which is what I was touching on, and. And that's when he's like, well, NAD3 is unique because as a particular ingredient, the, 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 the overall ingredient in the formula, it will have some of the benefit that you would get from tea cream yeah. on a daily basis. So consuming it early morning, especially if you consume it on like an empty stomach or first thing right in the morning, there's not a lot of multivitamins or holistic wellness products that you're going to consume, that you're actually going to feel. Right. And when you consume it, like for me, tea cream, I like the way it feels, it feels good. And, um, it also lasts, uh, hours and hours. It just hours yeah. And it, it's just like, um, it's just different than caffeine. It's, yeah. you know, obviously you have these compounds that are structurally similar, but like it's different and, and mm-hmm. it's, In the way you're going, it's in the way that it's expressed. So tear cream as part of that blend really, for me, gets me excited because I'm like, man, we've created a product that's going to help with people's overall wellness on a daily basis. And they get to actually enjoy consuming it, which is hard in that category because unless someone's looking for, you know, a specific nootropic or an energy product, or whatever, like you, you normally don't feel things like same thing with like a test booster, like You don't feel it, right? You got to assume that it's working, you know, maybe, maybe if it actually works for you and you feel like you're getting, uh, maybe some of the, like the libido effects or something, that's one thing, but everybody wants to create, I, I, I feel the, the, the easiest thing to sell in my opinion is, is something that gives a stimulant benefit because you are feeling it and the ability to take research that shows that it's not just in there to capture the way someone feels like it actually has real world application on these, um, longevity biomarkers. It's incredible. So it was like the, it really was like the cherry on top of the formula. So I was really happy to bring it in. Um, yeah, a little bit of a long tangent to answer your question on tea, green, but
0: yeah, no, it's great. It's that from a cost of goods standpoint, we, I mean, licensed ingredients are all, already, you know, considerably more expensive than their generic counterparts. It's just one of the, one of the ways to do that. But with this newer ingredient, how does this stack up against other kind of, um, I guess natural energy enhancers like NMN, nicotinamide, riboside, all of those kind of things. Is it comparable to it to where it could, you kind of kind of plug and play one, pull out one versus the other. And uh, the mechanisms are slightly different to where I remember Dr. Lopez saying it's pretty much agnostic to where you could use this and then use whatever, like NMN, MNR, AD plus, whatever else you wanted to do, because it's working at a different uh, point in the pathway, in the biological pathway. So But just from like a cost of goods for consumers out there to understand, where is this kind of falling if we're looking at like a cost per serving almost? That's a that's a great question. Um, One that unless you're like really ingrained in the
1: industry, you're not going to understand or or even know to ask. So that was a major factor when when working on this formula was like, how do we make this work? Because NAD3 itself is an extremely expensive compound because it plays in that world with NMN, which is also very expensive, you know, and, and you actually need a lot of NMN, um, to, to make a, a, a real actual difference. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm not the expert on NMN, but I think
0: you need like a gram. Um, yeah, I think 500 is the minimum, but I right. haven't done any NMN research in, in a while. Plus it's, it's it's in limbo right now with the FDA. I mean, I think it's all you know eventually going to get greenlit and get the thumbs up. Maybe even like something, like NAC is, but yeah, it, uh, I just haven't done enough research because it's it seemed kind of weak in the beginning, or at least the nicotinamide riboside stuff did. You know, four or five years ago when that first started popping off, it's um, it's definitely a
1: little, um, definitely a little weak. I think there was new research that came out on NMN, which did somewhat impressed me. I I, I believe, don't quote me, it was around a gram daily was able to double NAD levels. Mm -hmm. I want to see that retested. I want, you know, and I I really want to see that um, prove itself out because if so, like that, that's potentially uh, powerful. You know, that, that, that would be a a really powerful increase to double uh, NAD levels. Mm-hmm. I, I got to see that actually come into to real world practice. In my opinion, um, that said, NAD three is also extremely expensive. So yeah. what we decided was okay. Well, where do we want to be at with this product? So it's the product itself. It comes in a box. It has a tearaway. It comes in a pouch. Each one of the blends. So there's um, there's the vitamin blend there's a, a small mineral blend there's an adaptogen blend and then there's the healthy aging blend. There's mm-hmm. four five um pills or capsules tablet uh of the multivitamin but you have this this once daily pack that you that you kind of get your you know your um vitamin basically only the vitamins that you're that are really deficient in in the western diet yeah um and and um You know, there's, there's a heart health there. There's brain health, there's eye health. Um, and then of course all the healthy aging stuff. So we were like, how do we price this? You know, we've always been premium, but we didn't want to price it so far premium that it was like really only for, um, like that niche niche. Like we want this to be, we want this to be able to have mass adoption.
0: Yeah. You don't want an $80 multivitamin. Cause I mean, nobody's going to buy that. I mean, not, not in the volume that you would like it to sell is what I mean. So.
1: So it's exactly. So, um, when we looked, so I used uh, a couple of people on our team and they were, we were like, okay, how do we move forward with this? Because it's not like central, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not a multivitamin in the sense of like how do we market it? Because I broke it down for our marketing team. Um, And a bunch of other team members. And I was like, listen, this is what it does. Like, does it have the multivitamin in it? Sure. But that's not what people are really buying. Like, will people who buy our products, will our customers are built in, you know, our people, will they buy it because it's a multivitamin? Sure. But that's not where it's like where the breakthrough is. That's not where the the real competitive advantage is. So let's. See what the other products in the category. So when you started breaking it up to like all the different products, mm-hmm. it would be like a three hundred dollar product. Like, okay, well, if you take this blend and you and you charge like retail at a premium level, this blend, this blend, this blend, you're like, okay, like that nobody's <laughs> going to pay that. So right. we went and looked at like what was kind of comparable, even though we believe our formula is way more powerful. So you have like the on daily packs, mm-hmm. you you take like um ag1 or something you know like they're they're over a hundred dollars those those particular things so we wanted to we we were like okay we're gonna keep it under um three figures and then how do we make it more affordable to people that we like we consider our people people to shop direct on the website yeah that's what we did so we're offering a 20 percent discount for subscription we're keeping it under a hundred dollars and in our opinion it's a very good deal when you look at the cost to actually manufacture the product, right? So, um, I'm cool. I'm excited to see that when it drops. That'll it's, be a, that'll be a four Yeah, and we'll probably that'll probably be the focus of our next clinical study. We'll we'll be that product. Cool. Yeah.
0: Are y'all going to use the uh, the same research team for that y'all did for the energy jerk? Or are y'all going to go to a different one, or is that still kind of being uh, decided on?
1: Right now, I would say yes. We have had some um, people in academia reach out and want to do like their own. They're like Jocko fans. I'm like, hey, I'm at this university. I'm, at, I'm here. I'm here. I want to do stuff for you guys. Um, that's the one benefit we found being partnered with Jocko is like, and he's, a, he's an equity partner. He's not just like a paid face to the brand. Right. Um, people from all over are influenced by him you know, at, at all levels. Yeah. So they're like, if they're fans of his, they want to reach out and like help us, which has been phenomenal. That's something that we just couldn't have quantified early on. And so this is one of those areas and um, you know, we may do some in other places. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Very cool. What is kind of your mindset? Um, when are you, you've got a fresh product. So is it more of trying to find like a complimentary, I don't want to, use synergy because i feel like that term's almost thrown around too much in our industry like we've come yeah. up with this one that synergizes but how do you strike the balance because in an ideal world you would fully dose every single ingredient in the product but then you've got a 150 fifty dollar product you know when it's coming out of the manufacturer you know so you're gonna have to turn around and sell it to retailers for 300 400 um at what where you know where does the, the rubber hit the road where you decide, okay, I'm okay making a trade-off between either trimming away certain ingredients or dialing dosages back to where maybe we can get some of that complementary action to where, you know, one plus one is a three kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it just depends on the product. And I think it depends on on what your particular achieved outcome is. Like yeah. what what is it you're trying to uh, accomplish? So Yeah. And, and, and it really just depends on that because, you know, with some, with, with some ingredients, the way they work together, you're right. Like you can use, um, less of that particular ingredient with multiple ingredients, you're probably going to have a better final outcome. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were to just make it a single ingredient or you were to cut the ingredients in half, you probably wouldn't get as much benefit. Right. Whereas in certain other areas, like you know, like hey, like the like. Um, for, all right, it's so not to throw the industry under the bus, but
0: this would be similar to. <laughs> um, this is gonna be good already. I could tell.
1: <laughs> it's like throwing a gram or 500 milligrams of creatine in a pre-workout, yeah. and just being like, "Oh yeah," just to have creatine in it. Like we don't, we have never. Um, you mentioned trademark ingredients. We've never like use trademark ingredients and marketed those mark, like, and tried to be like, Hey, you know, this is this hype ingredient or whatever. That's just not us. We've never done that. Um, we've never also hyped around a single ingredient. So we wouldn't necessarily as a brand, like if you, like we have a brand book, right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it has our, um, our principles in it and in our principles is like trust. Like we wouldn't put, you know, creatine on the top of the label and, and have like uh, a a fake version of it or a, uh, um, or a, you know, a micro dose of it. Like I, yeah. re- like there's another energy drink and again, like people can look at our stuff and talk shit and I'm sure they do and that's fine. And I don't, I, I don't want to be a shit talker, but just this, this is just my opinion and just my perspective.
0: Period. You wouldn't and, put a super form of creatine around the label around the no, top I'd of the probably, can or any. I probably yeah. wouldn't do that. I also wouldn't. <laughs> I
1: wouldn't. I wouldn't put two hundred and fifty milligrams of of BCAAs in in a formula and and also say like BCAAs as one of like the big bullets on the side or something. Exactly. Um, not that there's any like major celebrities out there doing that right now, um, but <laughs> so. I got I got off track there. Um, what were we talking Edited about? Energy drinks, uh,
0: the, kind of the blend of the ingredients, push comes to shove.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to prioritizing ingredients versus, like, eliminating ingredients, yeah, you want some of that, like, let's say synergy. Yeah. Like, the one thing that's beautiful, because I think nutraceuticals in general, like supplements – This is still, in my opinion, like the Wild West, and it's still very, very, very early on. And I hope that they get as much love and attention and that real money and real research Mm -hmm. comes into the space. I hope it doesn't get over-commercialized and things just get, you know, just abandoned and and things get too commercialized but i also want to see real money come in and, and and spend on the data so that said right now in like let's say the wild west you still have to look at individual applications and say okay where am i going to get synergy where you know um mechanistically Where am I going to get like mechanistic overlap? Like, where am I going to like basically be wasting benefit and, and, and throw away, throwing away the uh, ingredient for, for no reason, simply to have it in the formula to say you have it in the formula.
0: Right.
1: Um, and then what's worse than that is like, is there anything in there that's negating the benefit? Like, is there anything in there that's like, if you're trying to achieve this, this ingredient's actually, you know, thwarting that benefit. Yeah. yeah, so I have I've seen that a fair amount as well. Uh, again, go back to a hardcore pre workout. Having theanine in a hardcore pre workout isn't the like if someone's looking for an absolute kick in the ass and not like, hey, I need energy and I need focus. I need to go to work and sit in a in a board meeting or I need to go sit down at a computer and focus. I believe theanine is a, has a great application for that. Okay. If you're looking to absolutely just be sent into space and you want to go set a new PR? Like I wouldn't put thean in the in the product. <laughs> exactly. That's me. So
0: um yeah I don't know if that answered your question, but that's yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um are there any specific nootropics that you tend to cycle and ones that you use every day? Obviously the ones that are you know probably in discipline and the Go energy drink, you're taking those every day. But are there are any that you just kind of say for one off application, this is probably like individual ingredients, not necessarily one of the uh, ingredients that's in one of the products I'll currently supply, but something like a new pept or a racetam or anything like that. Do you ever mess around with those and just kind of cycle through those every now and then? So I,
1: yes, um, but there's also a level of like, there's ingredients that I will personally uh, experiment with that will probably never formulate with. Because right. it was just too outside of the box for the Jocko brand. At the end of the day, um, the moment that we switched from Origin to Jocko, and then it became Jocko Fuel, the brand, and really was like the brand and the man, um, it really put like guardrails on like, mm-hmm. hey, these are just like research compounds, things that are just like, like you said, uh, with NMN and potentially with the FDA, NAC, you know, NAC with, with like even that like we were
0: discussing it before it kind of um which i think they kind of came out and they, I'm, I'm not sure how I think yeah that. as long as you're pretty much not making any stupid claims saying it's going to cure xyz disease yeah. or something you're going to be fine to use it and i think it's back on amazon now or which is interesting that was going on for a couple of years so yeah. um which is good to see i'm
1: actually that to me that's a win for the for the industry yeah, yeah. and i love
0: the ingredient too i mean i've, I've it, uh you know extolled its benefits numerous times over yeah. years. i just, i think it's a phenom- phenomenal ingredient that's been around for decades it it really is um
1: so I'm glad that the the industry got that win but um uh, i mean are there any again for me i always found there are certain some of the ingredients you named um absolutely beneficial personally as a as as my own guinea pig, i always found the best nootropic ingredients were those that were pretty highly stimulating, whether that's because I have a certain form of ADD or ADHD, depending on like there's seven different forms or types, depending on what you believe everyone has, which is really no different than the way that they prescribe pharmaceuticals for, for attention issues Mm -hmm. is depending on the person and, and what their characteristics are. You know, uh, for instance, me and my wife are totally different. Like, I would take something, you know, I'd take a chemical a lot different than she would take for for attention and focus. Right. Um, so, for me, nothing really compares to to some of those old school. Um, I I loved the the benefits that I would get from, you know, the the one threes, the the oh. ephedrine ephedra, you know, back in the day, like those yeah. those compounds man nothing made me feel as cognitively on fire as those and maybe that's just the way my brain chemistry works yeah that so um without those i would say like everything else is kind of like child's play for <clears throat> me for yeah. me but i know some people man some, you know the the you know aniracetam like these things like mm-hmm. are just people like love them and and i and i think that's phenomenal Again, I wanna see more data and more research come down the line to support the use of those. And I would love to see them get, um, I wanna see more ingredients get like grass. I wanna see more more get recognized because, you know, for instance, like we have a supplement facts on our energy drink, like yeah. a supplement facts, not a nutritional facts. And that's because not all the ingredients are technically grass, right? And if we were to yeah. kind of hide them in a proprietary blend, and not really call them out and things like some other brands do. I would say like we could probably tuck them away enough to put a nutrition facts panel on there, mm-hmm. uh, which is also, by the way, super beneficial from a business standpoint. A lot of people don't know or don't really think about this when they're creating a product. But if your product doesn't have a nutrition facts panel and it has a supplement facts panel, it doesn't qualify for um, what's it called with uh, the the I'm like blanking the name of it for, for low income where they get the, the – Oh, the – yeah, the food stamps card or yes. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like food stamps card. Yeah, so without a nutrition facts panel, you can't buy it. So for instance, oh. like us – and I believe Celsius has a supplement facts panel as well. Um, yeah. You can't buy those with uh, – I think they call – is it SNAP benefits? Or like Yeah, that's yeah that's what it is, yeah. Um, and Not that we want that to be the core
0: – Purpose of our business, I think someone should be buying you know things that they need for the household if they're on a loan. Yeah, Let's get your all- chicken, rice, oatmeal. Get, get get the staples first, and then you know supplements are a luxury.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the end of the day, like if somebody's going to have one of those, uh, si- if th- somebody's going to be in that life situation, we still believe like we are the healthier and more beneficial option than some of those other energy drinks. So it would be nice to be able to serve that customer, you know, with a healthier and more beneficial product, but something that, um, you know, I, I think will come
0: down the line as more ingredients get, get grass. Excellent. Um, we're coming up on the hour mark, Brian, so I know you got to get yes. rolling soon. Um, is there anything you want to plug before, uh, we put a bow in the package and send it at the door? No, I mean, just, um,
1: appreciate the time today. You know I love talking about this stuff. It's you know, I, I do a lot of um business podcasts, like business interviews and things like that. So it's very refreshing to get like ingredient questions and um and and uh so happy to jump on again with you. And you know, I feel like we there's a lot more to, to talk about. So um, but yeah, if people want to check out uh um, Jockofuel, go to jockofuel.com. I'm on all the social channels and you know, I I, I make videos um talking about ingredients and you know and some on TikTok to talking shit about some creators and uh some of the craziness mostly mostly around like the like the crazy uh conspiracy theorists, nutritionists, those types of people. Less yeah, so like supplements and stuff like that. But um yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you. Sure. Fire away. Um in the world of of uh, and I won't hold it against you, but in the world of um, everybody clinging to the next boogeyman, mm-hmm. what's your take on seed oils? I,
0: I'm not of the belief that having a little bit of canola oil, if I'm using it to like cook, like. My nonstick canola oil sprayer, if I just use a little bit, if I'm making a batch of whatever, I don't think it's this hyperinflammatory thing that's going to cause me to keel over and die or something like that. I mean, if you're of reasonably healthy body composition, you're getting enough sleep, your stress level's fine, you're training hard, eating right, doing all that stuff, um, taking your vitamins, you're in a good life situation, life stress is low, you're happily married, you're in a good job, all that good stuff. Do I think do you really need to be worried about a little bit of canola oil now. If you're drinking a gallon of it a day, eating nothing but hyper processed foods, and doing all this other stuff, yeah, we got some issues there, and that will probably lead to some very deleterious effects. But for the like, am I worried if my my five year old has a cupcake that's got some canola oil in it or, or like vegetable? No, um, um, like you, that's that's like the boogeyman level stuff to where the the paleo crowd. And if you're a big paleo. Fan, I'm sorry, or you know, I, I, if I'm about to insult you here, but the the anti nutrients, the lectins, the phytates, all that shit that was going on five, ten years ago. I mean, you soak the beans, you're going to be fine. This is not humanity's uh, biggest enemy when it comes to promoting health. It is not the lectins in the beans that's making your ass fat. It's eating six thousand calories a day, not exercising, and having shitty sleep. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, oh, no no, that was a whole no, no sure. that's
1: great that's a that's a great answer and I actually agree with you i i think um probably a hundred percent i i personally i don't fear those things at all because at the end of the day to me it always goes it all goes back to a balanced diet right yes. like you've got to have balance and you know I was talking to someone in the industry recently who's very very like they um exceed my my level of uh, expertise in this industry industry, that's for sure and you know i asked i asked him and and he's just like man like it goes back to the old adage like too much of anything is never good it doesn't matter if it's good or bad like we just talked about it caffeine you can die takes a lot water you can die takes a lot omega-3s can cause AFib if you're going to be consuming you know 10 grams of fish oil in a single setting or something on, on for a year so It all comes back to a balance. I do believe that there's probably a good omega three to omega six ratio. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: You know, omega nines come into play as well. Like the the balance between poly and mono and saturated fats, I think is is really important. Same thing with 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 carbohydrates. Same thing with saturated fats. Like,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But the idea that there's like this one, people want to blame their issues and their problems on this on one thing. They're like, oh, if I just do this one thing, then, you know, it's, it's going to solve all my problems. And that's just not the case. You're absolutely right. Why yeah. are people fatter than ever? Because they're eating more than ever. <laughs> yeah. more calories than ever.
0: Life is more comfortable than ever. And we just, you, you get fat and happy. There's a reason that expression exists. Exactly. It's, that's that's yeah. what happens. No, with, that's you
1: know. Anyone I know that knows uh, anything about the science you know i like to ask them that question right now because it's such a hot topic so oh i didn't
0: realize i had come back i feel like that that got big like 2012 this, 2015 or something the whole this, seed oil thing
1: oh man it is on fire
0: right now oh man now see i'm on not on if, if oh, okay all right i'll have to go back and and look into that i've been mired down too much in in, in ingredient nerdy stuff not as much as into the nutrition <laughs> science as much lately no I remember doing that. Okay, well, good. That might be the question that passed me to ask you for another interview down the line then. Hopefully I answered right. If if not, if if I would have said it was the bane of humanity's existence, you probably said, Well, probably not going to talk to this nut job ever again.
1: No, I mean, what I would have said was like, tell me why, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always, I am open to changing my mind about anything. It could be an ingredient, a diet type, you know, everybody wants to talk about carnivore. Like, I can have a conversation with anyone about anything same Mm -hmm. thing with politics and i can change my mind i've changed my mind a lot you know um i was thinking about something recently where i where i totally backtracked on and i'm trying to think of what it was um i I would say i've i've backtracked a little bit on uh exogenous melatonin like Mm -hmm. I, i i i used to really hate on it um a lot like it used to be like you know hey you know, because it is a hormone. Like, hey, you should probably not consume it. Um, that said, do I think that it has its place? I do. I do think it has its place. But do I think you should consume it every day? No, I still don't. Like personally, that's I just my-
0: no. I would agree with you that. I mean, if you're having that much trouble at sleep, this is, you know. Not- uh, what's the word? Um, putting people that actually have a sleep disorder to the side. We're we're, we're yeah the, yeah yeah the average normal healthy person. If you are taking a a wallop of a sleep supplement every day, something that's got you know ten grams of melatonin, or even as much as like eight or five, eight, ten milligrams of melatonin a day, plus six other ingredients, mega I think there's some other sleep hygiene habits you need to look at first. If you if you have a rough night and you need a sleep aid, you got a, a newborn that you're dealing with that's fine. I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about that case. I'm talking about the, the person that is megadosing that drinking themselves to sleep and I'm doing all that stuff. At, there's other issues at bay. There's deeper issues that need to be fixed first. Exactly. Yep. So. yep. Awesome. Well then this was an awesome episode, Brian. I definitely want to get you back on because there's a whole bunch of other ingredient wormholes we can dive into and go through, which is that's one of the reasons I love doing these podcasts. Awesome. Um, thank you very much for your time. There will be links to all of your contact details, uh, Jocko Fuel. And uh, yeah, just thank you very much for your time. This was a blast, man.
1: Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye.